Well, I am, uh, I'm really honored to be here. It is a privilege for me. I love coming to Gates of the City. It's a good church. Two of you agree with that. That's good. Anybody else agree this is a good church? It's a good church. Amen. It's a good church. But, but the reason it's a good church is because there's, there's good people in it. Because the, the, the church is not the building. The church, the church is the people. And, and, and you're good people. And you're, you're led by a great man and woman of God here in Pastor Bert and Miss Becky. And, and I'm grateful to have the friendship that we have. And, um, and Pastor Bert, the Lord used Pastor Bert to speak to my life at a very crucial point in my life when I was in college. And it was one of our very first encounters that we ever had. And, and the Lord used him to speak to me that helped me actually um, turn my life in a direction that has, that has brought me to where I am today. Because uh, I was on the fence about certain things, you know, and that's how God uses people. He helps us um, bring definition to our lives. And, and Pastor Bert did that for me at, at a very important time, and I'm grateful uh, to him. I just have one, one verse of Scripture I, I, I want to I focus on tonight. If, uh, if, you have, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. I'm reading from the NIV. I don't know if any of you are using the New International Version. Um, but I think they're going to have it on the screens. It's Psalm chapter 5. Psalm chapter 5 and, and, and one verse. This, this is something that, that uh, has come out of uh, a personal devotion time that I have. And um, I think it's appropriate for tonight. <clears throat> and, and, I'm, and I'm truly honored to be standing in front of you as a church. I'm honored to stand in front of the leaders of the community. Thank you for, for being here. Um, <clears throat> Psalm chapter 5, verse 3 says this. It says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Let's pray for just a moment. Lord, I ask you, Lord, as we've already prayed, I ask you also for the the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be at work here tonight in this place so that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened so that we would know you better. Lord, I pray that each one of us would leave changed tonight and transformed by the power of your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence here with us as well, and we're honored. And we say, Jesus, you are Lord of this place, so have your way. Holy Spirit, lead and guide us to truth tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you just say something nice to your neighbor? Would you tell them how pretty they are? Just encourage somebody there next to you. Do you see what a little bit of encouragement will do? I didn't tell any of you to laugh. I just told you to, I told you to tell your neighbor they're pretty and, and, and you laugh. I don't know if you're laughing because it was a big step of faith for you to say that to your neighbor, but I, I, I believe that just encouragement lightens the mood. And, and as soon as you encourage someone, you just you, you feel better and they feel better. But this verse of Scripture says, I make my request to you and wait expectantly. The, the New King James Bible says, I make my request to you and I look up. The literal Hebrew translation says, I make my request to you and I lean forward. Mm, I, I like a forward-leaning person. You know, when we pray, and as we so beautifully prayed tonight, when we pray, it's important what we do after we've prayed. We pray, and then we lean forward with an expectation that what we have prayed is going to come to pass. That we lean towards it as if it's already there. It's an act of faith. 
And I'm here to remind you tonight, I know that your pastor teaches you these things, but I'm here to remind you that prayer doesn't make faith work. Faith makes prayer work. And we can have all kinds of eloquent words, but if we don't believe it, it doesn't really do anything. It's just a routine. It's just a pattern or a tradition that we would go through. But this scripture says that I make my request and then I lean forward. And I wait expectantly. Tomorrow, the National Day of Prayer, there's going to be different times that people are going to be praying about various things like we did tonight already. Waiting expectantly looks like or acts like what you've prayed, you actually believe it. That means that, not to put the mayor on the spot, but that means that you don't pray for the mayor and then walk away and criticize her. Oh, I started meddling. I'm sorry. I, I, that's, not, I, that's, that's probably not. <laughs> you pray for the mayor and then you lean forward, believing that what you prayed, God's going to accomplish in her life, right? It, to wait expectantly means that you start to behave in a way that, that you believe that what you prayed is going to happen. It's going to happen. You've got to push forward a little bit and, and push yourself out in, to, even to arenas that are a little bit uncomfortable. Can I do an experiment with you tonight? Okay. All right. Well, Amanda said yes. So, uh, oh, oh uh, Beck said yes. Uh, and, uh, Olivia said yes. I'm sorry. There's so many of them. Um, <laughs> Would you take your hands and just lift your hands in the air for just a minute? Don't start praying. This isn't, this isn't a spiritual experiment. This is a very natural experiment. Raise your hands in the air. Ra raise them up as high as you can get them. Okay. Now, go a little higher. Okay. See, everybody in here went higher, but I told you to raise them as high as you could first. <laughs> you can put your hands down. But see, see our, practice, our practice in our life is to let ourselves go as far as we're comfortable. And not actually as far as we can go. And so I told you to go as high as you could go, and you went as high as was comfortable. But when I told you to go a little further, you did it. And w waiting expectantly for prayer is that extra push. It's I pray, I go as what's comfortable, but now I've got to wait expectantly, which means I've got to push myself a little further to put some action and some declaration in combination to what I've just prayed. That when I say, Lord, bless the leaders of our community, that tomorrow I'm still saying, Lord, bless the leaders of our community, and the next day I'm still saying, Lord, bless the leaders of our community. Because I'm waiting expectantly, and I'm leaning towards that thing that I have already declared. Because once you declare it, once you declare it, Job 22, verse 28 says, once you declare a thing, it is established, and then light shines on your way. So you declare it in the, in the, the way things work in the kingdom of God. You declare these things, they, the, the, the things start to shape out of the invisible to come to the visible to shape and become what you've declared, if you believe it. You know, in this, in this country, and I, I hope you're grateful. You're grateful to live in the United States of America. I'm so grateful to live in the United States of America. I've had the, the privilege of going to some other countries, and it's awesome to go to other countries, but I'm, I'm, I'm more excited to get home after I've done that. But I would encourage you, if you've not been to other countries, you need to go. It, it really helped you gain a certain perspective about this beautiful country that we live in. But we celebrate... A particular holiday 
in this country. July the 4th, 1776 is the first time we celebrated it, and it's what we call Independence Day. Right, other Americans, I see one person shaking their head. Anybody else? You're familiar with July 4th, pop firecrackers, you know, barbecue. Mm. But does anybody in here, any school teachers in here? Okay, well, you might know the answer, so don't say it. Act like you don't know. Anybody in here know when the Revolutionary War ended? Okay, nobody knows. Teachers, do you know? You would think that everybody in the room would know that. That's an important day. It's an important day when the Revolutionary War ended. But we don't know when that was. Actually, I do. It's October 8th, 1781. But to tell you the truth, it doesn't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? Because we know something in our human nature, something that our founding fathers knew, is that a people will be free if they will make up their minds to be free. If they will declare they are free, which is the day that we actually celebrate, the day we declared we were free, not the day we were actually free. Because when you declare you're free, on the inside, you truly are free, and it may take some time for that to manifest out into the future, but it's going to manifest at some point. But the celebration is the day that I declare it. We celebrate the day of our declaration of independence. Not actually the day that we really were free. We just celebrate the day that we said we were. Prayer can have that same powerful effect in your life if you'll declare some things in faith and believe that it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out and lean towards it. Lean towards it. There's a woman, a, a woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says she, she was bleeding for 12 years and, and Jesus is going through the crowd and she sneaks through the crowd. She's not supposed to be there according to the customs. She's not even supposed to be there, but she still sneaks her way into the crowd and she reaches out and touches the hem of his garment and immediately she's made well. And, and, and the Bible says that Jesus said, now I, I don't want to get into any kind of arguments or discussions about the sovereignty of God. I, I just, I like to find humor in the Bible. And it just, it just strikes me funny that Jesus is walking through, God in the flesh is walking through the crowd. A lady touches him and, and he says, who touched me? I, I, just, I just wonder, how, can we still sneak up on him and get something? Without him knowing <laughs> till after we've got it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know that's a weird doctrine. I'm not trying to introduce anything new. I'm, it just strikes me funny the way this story lays itself out. It's like she sneaked up on Jesus and got something for him that he didn't give her. She took it. She took it from him. She reached out and touched him. And when Jesus said, who touched me? His disciples said, uh, Everybody. Everybody's touching you, Jesus. What are you talking about? But see, everybody was bumping into Jesus, but one person touched him. And there's a difference between a bumper and a toucher. And, and your prayer life to be effective has to be the kind of prayer that's touching, not the kind of prayer that's just bumping around. If it's going to have an effect, it's, it's got to have determination built into it. It's got to be intentional. I'm going after something. So when you stand and pray over our leaders from our president to our local governments and to our churches, 
that we're doing that with with a deliberate intention to touch the heart of God and to touch the kingdom of heaven and say, we want to see these things become a reality in this kingdom, this earthly kingdom. Thy will be done on earth like it is in heaven. So we lean forward, push forward. There is another aspect of, of prayer that is often misunderstood. And again, I'm, I'm not here to pick any fights with anybody's traditions. I, I just find things in the scriptures that pique my interest. And in the book of James, chapter 5 and verse 17, James says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Verse 18 says, And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. How many of you have read this passage of Scripture that he prayed earnestly that it would not rain? Now, I was, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. I, I, as a little kid, we, I was raised in a, in, a, in a pretty strict Pentecostal church, and so <laughs> they took the, the whole we're peculiar people to a whole other level. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> anybody familiar with those kind? I, anybody that kind? <laughs> well, praying earnestly, we kind of had an idea that praying earnestly was, was, was a painful process. And, and we use a term called praying through. You had to pray through to, to get what you wanted. And, and there was an idea that, that you would come to the altar or you'd go to your prayer closet or you'd kneel at your bed and, and, and in, in, a, in somewhat of a fetal position, you'd just call out to God on behalf of you and your family and neighbors or whoever you may be praying for. This says that Elijah was a man just like us and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. But I want to show you one more verse of Scripture that actually says how this happened. The Bible records what Elijah did in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. That's all he did. Doesn't say he begged, pleaded. And when the New Testament records it, it says it was earnest prayer. But Amanda, what he really did is he just walked up to the king and said, it's not going to rain until I say so. And that was it. Now, I've been in church long enough to know what that sounds like. And I know you've been in this church long enough, those of you that call this your church home, you've been here long enough to know what that sounds like. And that sounds like a prayer of faith. That we call those things that be not as though they were. And Elijah said, it's not going to rain till I say so. And James says, he prayed earnestly. Three and a half years passes, and now Elijah wants it to rain. He goes up on the mountain, the Bible says. Got down on his knees, stuck his head between his knees, and cried out to God. And he had to do that seven times. That process seven times. And then finally, there was the 
cloud the size of a man's hand. A cloud as a man's hand, the Bible says. That's the picture that I would call earnest prayer. But James says, and then he prayed again, and the rain came. He called the first thing earnest prayer, and the second thing just praying. Do we have it backwards? I, I did. I had it backwards. I, I'm not against crying out and interceding and talking to God passionately about, about your request. But that's got to be from a position of authority and faith. That's, that, when you're doing it from the position of authority and faith, then you have more confidence to lean towards it, to wait expectantly, because you believe that what you said is actually going to come to pass. You have faith. I, we live in a very interesting political season. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not, I'll just tell you up front, nobody, nobody needs to get nervous. I'm not a political guy. I heard one guy describe politics like this. And Mayor, please don't get offended. But he described politics like this. It's two words. It's two words. It comes from two words. Poly, meaning many, and ticks, which are blood-sucking leeches. <laughs> I, I, that's probably not it, though. That's probably not, that's probably not it. But I, I, I'm not a political person, obviously. <laughs> Just probably offended some people unintentionally. And I know that it takes, it takes a very unique and special and qualified person to do what the mayor does. That I'll tell you the truth, I would never want to do that. I would not because it's, it's a bad thing to do, it's because I'm not made for that. I'd, I'm, I'm going to make somebody mad. Or I'm going to... It's hard to please everybody, and I can't even imagine the amount of letters and phone calls and opinions that a, a politician has to sift through to actually find reason in, that, in the midst of all of that. So we need to pray extra. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but we do live in a, in a very interesting political climate right now. And, and the Bible says of the church, of God's people, in Chronicles, it says, if my people would just pray. It didn't say, if my people would share their opinions on Facebook. Okay, we're meddling again, aren't we? <laughs> it, the Bible says, if, if my people would pray, then God would do something in the land. If my people would pray, God would do something in the land. And, and I, I believe that no matter who's seated in the White House or at the mayor's office or at the governor's office, that, that those people, according to the book of Romans, they are ministers for God. And that God can speak to any of them, even no matter their spiritual condition, because God is God. And, and, and the church has a responsibility to pray. I, I have an opportunity occasionally to open the Texas Senate with prayer in Austin. and It's amazing how many times when I, when I first had the opportunities to do it, I, I wanted to go up and just listen to some other guys do it, and it's amazing how many of them stand up there and preach their political opinions rather than actually pray. Just think, hey, 
Pastor, you forgot to talk to God. You spent your whole time talking to the politician, the senator sitting in the room, and you forgot to talk to God. Uh, we got to pray. That's our response. That's what we can do. Now, as American citizens, you need to vote. I, I, I don't want to make an issue of that because t- that's not tonight. But we, we have a responsibility as American citizens to do certain things. But, but the church needs to pray. And, and, and I, I hope you feel like I do. I, I love being an American. But, but I'm a Christian first. And, and, and my Christianity demands that I pray first before I give my opinions about things. Because I'm telling you, if you'll pray first, the prayer will shape your opinion about it. If you will, take this verse of Scripture, make the request, and lean forward. And wait expectantly. And you will see. You will see things turn a lot faster. I... I would imagine that, that, that most politicians would just appreciate the idea that somebody was praying for them. They get, they get plenty of criticism. We're going to pray, right? Can I hear a good amen from the church? Amen. This, this is, we have a relationship with God. The Bible says we can come boldly to his throne. So let's do it. Let's go talk to God about these things. Amen. Amen. Before it goes to Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Talk to God first. Let God shape what we might say on Facebook. (laughs) Amen. Okay. Am I done? Amanda says I'm done. So let me, can I just, can I pray for you? Okay. Would you bow your heads? Father, we thank you for your word. Your word that inspires us, your word that instructs us, your word that leads and guides us. Thank you for your word. And Lord, we, we, we make a commitment and a determination tonight that, that, that we're your people and we're people who pray. And we pray for our land and we pray for our future. We have a, we have a hope and an expectation about the future. Lord, I thank you that that, that when we come to you, you're not bringing up memories of our past to us, but you're actually bringing up memories of our future to give us a future and a hope according to Jeremiah 29, 11. And so, Lord, we, we pray with expectation and we lean forward, believing that the things that we pray, we're going to see accomplished in our land. Now, thank you, Lord, for the fruit that we're going to see come forth in the days, weeks, and months ahead, years ahead. Lord, we declare that over our country, over this community, over our state, that our greatest days are still ahead. We're not going backwards, we're going forwards. That you're with us and all things are working together for our good. And the best is yet to come. And we give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen.